0: All right, church, here's my question for you today. What is life? Now, I know that that's a very simple question for a few, uh, but I, I would just ask you to kind of not allow it to be a simple question and really reflect on the question, what is life? Uh, when someone is in deep depression, or when uh, someone is having suicidal thoughts, uh, this question overwhelms them. What is life? Now, it's easy to, to, to when things are good, right? It's, it's easy when, when you're at, on a mountain, when, when everything is right, it's easy to, to be able to quickly and, uh, dare I say, efficiently go, well, this is what life is. Life is good. And it's easy to look at your kids and go, life is them. Life is these experiences, all of these things. But we have to, at some point, answer the question, what is life for us? Now, as you're processing that, I will tell you that... that Depending on where you go in scripture, it either confirms uh, hope in you or it it really can take you out. It can almost paralyze you. Uh, For instance, James says, uh, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Moses declared to the Lord in Psalms 90, you sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning, though in the morning it springs up, by evening it's dry, withered, and dead go to the wisest person in the Bible, Ecclesiastes, and you look at the words of Solomon, and I will tell you, they don't offer much comfort either. In fact, I put this one on the screen for you. This is Ecclesiastes 9. It says, this too, it's talking about death, I carefully explored. Even though the actions of godly and wise people are in God's hands, no one knows whether God will show them favor. The same destiny ultimately awaits everyone, whether righteous or wicked, good or bad, ceremonially clean or unclean, religious or irreligious. Good people receive the same treatment as sinners or bad people, and people who make promises to God are treated like people who don't. What is he talking about? He's talking about we all die. As George Bernard Shaw says, the statistics on death have not changed. One out of one person dies. Worldwide, There are approximately 56 million deaths each year. That works out to 4.7 million per month, 155,000 per day, 6,500 per hour, 107 per minute, and 1.8 per second. Let's pause as 10 people just died. It's kind of jarring, right? It it, it kind of like puts you in perspective uh, of what you think really matters and what the world really thinks matters. What is life? The Greek twilight sophocles said it this way, of all the great wonders, none is greater than man, for only death he can find no cure. Only death he can find no cure. Now, I will tell you, I have these moments where I... I especially this week as I've been kind of preparing. Uh, initially in the planning, I was to interview uh, Dr. Bruce Wilkoff, who was facing an imminent death. Unfortunately, he didn't make it to the stage. He has passed away. But I invited him to have this conversation with me uh, because he said something to me at a, at the service we held to pray for his healing. He he said, as he grabbed the mic, he says, I have to talk, and and then he proceeds to drop truth bombs on everyone and just... Change the whole atmosphere He says, "Hey listen, we're all dying. I just know that my expiration date is sooner than later. We're all dying. There's no new information given to me. This cancer changes nothing. I'm dying. You're dying. And he had an outlook that just was mesmerizing. And I will tell you, even just processing this conversation, this talk today, this message today, what should have been, it makes you wonder, does death win in the end? Because death swallows up everything. Does death ultimately win in the end? And I will tell you this, you can visit any cemetery... And you can't tell much between a Christian grave and an unchristian grave. There's not much difference between anyone. They're all dead. They're all lied, buried side by side, six feet under the ground. They all group together, young, old, male, female, rich, poor, famous, and infamous, churchgoers and non-believers. And so as I had what I wanted to teach, I had what I wanted to say, I had the, the point that I wanted to make, I didn't really understand how to deliver it, and then wouldn't you know it, because it's just been my life as of late, someone drops by, it always is the same person, uh, it was Bruce's wife, Ellen, she drops by and she says, hey, I was just thinking about your message this week, and gives me this note. And I was like, Ellen, you just need to write messages with me, it would just be a lot easier, come on, let's go, Okay. And she gave me this quote, and I'd love to share this quote with you. It's by C.S. Lewis, a great Christian author. And I love what he says. He gives us a construct to really talk about death today. This is what he says. If we really believe what we say we believe, if we really think home, our home is elsewhere, and that this life is just wandering to find that home, why should we not look forward to our arrival at our home? And then he says this. There are only three things we could do about death. Desire it, fear it, or ignore it. And this last line really threw me for a loop. The third alternative, which is to ignore it, is one that the modern world calls healthy, and it is surely the most uneasy and precarious of all. Isn't that funny? The modern world, the health books. In fact, there is a billion, billions, and billions of dollar empire committed to extending your life causing you to believe that there is something you can do to delay the inevitable. You don't believe me? Go to a health aisle. In fact, it's so confusing now. It used to be drink orange juice. Then if you don't drink orange juice, you get 30 days of your life back. Stop doing this. Start doing this. Don't eat red meat. No, eat red meat. Eat lean meat. No, eat healthy fats. Eggs are good. No, no, eggs are bad. Wait, no, eggs are back to being good. I I can't keep up with it all. I mean, it's literally, everything is changing. If you eat this rare herb found in the Amazon, not only will you remember more, but you'll look better. (laughs) Turns out that wasn't true. Everything, everything is about this ability for you to ignore this inevitable or to delay it as if you have some power in it. And I know many people are questioning that, but I believe scripture is really clear that the Lord has appointed man's days. That if you were to die, you're gonna die. And yet that fear can paralyze us. So again, we have three options. We can desire death, we can fear it, or we can ignore it. Now, I'll tell you right now, you are probably like me. I don't know that I ever desired death. In fact, I don't desire death. Like I have some dreams that I want to see come to fruition and death would ruin that. Okay? I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. I want to see my son grow up. Now you might think grow old. I mean, no, just mature. Okay, just just a little bit, okay? (laughs) Okay. I don't know that I would say that I desire it. I don't know if I'm in the extreme of I fear it. I think I fear it. I think I fear that I don't understand it. I don't know that I'm ignoring it. Can I just choose option D, none of the above? Like, right? And and maybe right now you don't even know what you're, you're talking about because for the first time someone told you you had to choose, do you desire it, do you fear it, or are you ignoring it? Maybe right now you're just paralyzed by just what I've said so far. And you're like, wait, I, I don't want to be here today. <laughs> well, it's too late. You're here and you could awkwardly get out. We'll, 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 we'll give you a round of applause. I'm just kidding. Please don't leave. Um, but let's unpack. What does it mean to desire it? Now, desire is an interesting word to look forward, to, to long for it, to hope for it, to be excited by it is to to desire something. And I think that the, the reason that we can even entertain this word, the reason that we can even define our pursuit of death in the way of desire is because we have this hope that those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have professed with their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus is, that death is not the end. And if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5, and that's where we're going to be today as we unpack this text from Paul about death, because he frames it so wonderfully. I'm going to put it on the screen. You can absolutely follow along. Uh, We're going to be in chapter 5. We're going to pick it up right in verse 1. And look how he frames it. And i tell you what, it is comforting. This is what he says in verse 1. For we know that this earthly tent that we live in is taken down. That is when we die, we leave our earthly body. We will have a house in heaven. This house will be an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands meaning it will be perfect in every way. We grow weary in our present bodies for we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothes. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan, we sigh. Not that we want to die or get rid of this life, rather we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared for us This and a guarantee he has given us the Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord, but we can hope. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident that we would rather be away from our earthly bodies than be at home with the Lord. Now, I I love this because he kind of listed some things that fly in the face of a lot of belief structures, I don't know about you, but it just seems like there's a new religion every other week. And, and religion is a belief structure. And I just want to be confessed to you, I'm not a big fan of religion. I, in fact, don't think you should be a big fan of religion either. I'm just a big fan of Jesus and what he says. Yeah. And, and I also tell you that, that how do I know I'm right? Well, I, I don't know I'm right. But scripture tells me that the only way to heaven, the only way to a life that's better, the only way to a savior is Jesus. And it's by his sons and acknowledging his son that we're saved. And that's the only way to a future. So I'm just trusting the most reputable source in all of the known world, scripture. But what Paul tells us there kind of flies in the face. It breaks down some preconceived notions because here's what I will tell you. Us in our mortality, we do things where we, we create belief structures that comfort us. I lost my loved one. I'm grieving, which is real. And I'm not knocking that. I'm not mocking that. Grief is real. We all need to deal with grief. Trauma is real. There's pain that we have to walk on. What doesn't help our grief, what doesn't help our trauma is telling ourselves lies to appease it. Lies like when someone that we love dies, that they become some angel that protects us. No, it doesn't say that. It says that, no, our tent gets traded in and we have a, a heavenly body and we don't long for the mortal world. I love this, ghosts. Well, my grandma talked to me last night. No, she didn't. That's a demon from hell, right? Like, like, like we, that's not how it works. Because if heaven is everything that God says it is, then no one would want to leave it. And if hell is everything that scripture says it is, then we know that no one can leave it. So why would they engage us? So what does God say? He said he prepared for us as a guarantee of this Holy Spirit that gives us confidence. So what does that mean? It means this. Death is not the end. Death is not reincarnation. Death is not evaporation. Death is not annihilation. What is death? It's a trade-in. Without the paperwork. It's really crazy. It's a trade-in. You get a temporal shelter that was a tent, and you get a house built by God, not humans. You move from something temporal, something that will not withstand storms, something that will not weather all of life, to something that's eternal, And I think that's a great hope. What does he say? He says, this new body is from God. It's not made with hands. It's eternal. It's heavenly, not earthly. That sounds good. I think I can desire that. I think I can long for that. I think that I can not want to leave, but deeply desire to have what God has built for me. I believe that I can, can not want to be without my family, but long to finish the race that God has set for me. I, I can, can long to be free of whatever pain that's holding me here, but still love my neighbor as I love myself. Now, I just have to tell you, I, I, I want to pause here, and I, I want to give you some advice wisdom, pastoral counsel, you just pick however you want to receive this. Now, I know that's dangerous, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, yes, it's dangerous, but this is sound, okay? And I want to encourage you. I think one of the things that I hate, and I'm not trying to throw shade, I'm not trying to mock, but one of the things that just burdens me is when I'm on Facebook, and already because I'm on Facebook, yeah, but when I'm on Facebook, when I see... People having GoFundMes because they lost a loved one and they were not prepared. Now, again, it's not that, that I, I don't want to have a GoFundMe. It's not that I don't want to help someone out. It's not that I don't. But, but often what I'm saying is if you're not desiring, and maybe you're not ready to say you're fearing, I would reckon to say a lot of these situations are people who are ignoring the inevitable. Because what's crazy to me is when you die and you have this burden put on the, the people that are left to live it out and you have not done your due diligence to prepare a plan, that tells me you have ignored the fact that you have an expiration date. And the pain and hurt that that puts on the people that are left in the land of the living is not fair and it can be easily remediated by you creating a plan. Get life insurance. It's really easy. Funerals are expensive. I I literally went to our funeral person because like in one year we buried five people. I'm like, hey, do you have a punch card or something? (laughs) Like is the sixth one free, please? Funerals are expensive and we deeply desire to honor our loved ones, but it's hard to honor someone when you don't know how to even afford it. And you're left Going to the open market saying, help, I chose to ignore the inevitable than to rather prepare for it. If that's what ignoring it is, then what does fear mean? I love this. Uh, This is from a journal of psychology. Humans may be the only species fully aware of the inevitable, death. William James, considered to be many the father of American psychology, he said this, he famously called it the faithful knowledge of the worm at the core of a human existence, This metaphorical worm today forms our basis of terror management theory. If you need some light afternoon reading, terror management theory, that's a good one. Okay, check that out. It proposes that awareness of our mortality coupled with our self-preservation instinct produces a primal terror that we constantly struggle to manage. To manage it, we often form beliefs and take actions that provide meaning and value that we hope persists beyond our own demise, granting us a semblance of immortality. If my name's on that building, I won't be forgotten. If my name is on that block, I will will live forever. If I can just be known, if I can just have my reputation perceive me, if my family will just remember me, then I have this hope of being eternal. Other times we simply cope through escapism or denial. Escapism or denial. If you are one who desires, not one who desires death or maybe even fears it, then unfortunately you must be the one that ignores it. And here's the truth, church. You don't have to be a pastor, a doctor, a rock scientist to really realize we're all dying because death is, Is inevitable. And I love how Paul closes out his statements on death with this last verse. And he says, This is the purpose of living. Verse 10, he says, So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For one day, we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We each will receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in this earthly body. If there's one thing that is true, church, is one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and it will have to give an account. Now, I want to be really clear here because some people hear that like, oh, if I just am good, if I'm just good and I do good things, I'll be okay. I'm going to be a good person. And I will tell you that it is impossible for you to be a good person. In fact, the only good thing you can do is accept the free gift of salvation for the person who said, I'll pay the price for your sins in that of Jesus Christ. In fact, let me say it this way, because I really need you to hear this. Hell is not a place that God sends people to. It's a place that people go who want to pay for their own sins. Now, see, we often, how could a loving God send people to hell? He, he doesn't. No, hell is inhabited by people who are too prideful that deeply desire to pay for their own sins rather than accept the free gift of salvation. And, and here's my fear, and here's where I just want to pause, and I really want to ask you this question, uh, because I think too often many of us, we play church. We think that our presence in this room is somehow a checkbox, like God is some awesome attendance keeper, and that's what's gonna get you into heaven. We, We think that if we just are around the right people enough, and can I tell you, if you're just showing up to church because that will save you, does sitting in your crotch make you a car? It doesn't really work that way. In fact, if you're just showing up because you think that you showing up gets you some merit, you shouldn't show up anymore because you're just wasting your time. Now, I'm happy you showed up. I'm happy that you're here. But why we're gathered is is because we know who we are and we know who he is. And many of us have this ability to testify what we accepted, the free gift of salvation in our life. And we want to learn to be more like him. That's why we come to church. And we cheer each other on. We worship together. It's the huddle, right? Right? In a a football game, it's the huddle. We smack each other on the behind and say, get back in the game. And we go to work on Monday and we try harder to be more like Jesus. That's why we come to church. And so my question for you is if you have not confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you do not believe in your heart and you want to believe in your heart that he is who he says he is, can I tell you, you should do that today? You should do that right now because hell is not a place God sends people to. It's a place... People go who want to pay for their own sins. And here's the crazy part. God, when he saves us, he saves every part of us. We are delivered from sin. It's not just soul salvation. It is whole salvation. The resurrection of the body is the final step of that salvation process when we put on our new bodies. We are saved from the penalty of sin. We are saved from the power of sin. We are saved from the presence of sin. Salvation is good. And we can deeply desire death because we know that death does not have the last word. Amen. The free gift of salvation is offered to those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and they believe in their heart that he is who he says he is. And listen, I will tell you, I could put up stats, I could tell you, one of the things, if you prayed that, I want you to know that God is off his throne, jumping up and down. He is rejoicing. He is welcoming you into the fold. Angels are throwing a party right now. It's awesome. People, heavenly bodies are probably shaking things that you didn't know that could be shaken. It's a party. But what I want you to hear is the lie of the enemy immediately after your salvation is, oh, I could go it alone. And loneliness is the absolute cause of death. Death. It leads to everything spiraling. Why am I telling you because if you made that commitment today, if you prayed that prayer, if you confessed with your mouth, if today that was you, I just don't want you to be alone. I want to walk with you, and it's amazing how many people have walked with us, but I would love for you to text this number. And it's just a simple way to us to give you resources right away to help you know you're not alone. You'll immediately get a text tomorrow morning and for the next 15 days, every morning at eight o'clock, we're gonna send you a text that just helps you discover more of what it means to follow Jesus. To help you understand the choice that you just made, all you have to do is text that number. Now listen, texting that number doesn't get you saved. It's just resources you on what salvation means and how to walk it out. And I would love for you to take that step. I want to close with this. I don't know if it's a close. We'll see. I'm having fun. I, I, uh, it's been a weird series. Start 2024, you know, there's this belief that it's new, it's fresh, we could do all this stuff. It's rife with potential. Because it's a new year. You make these resolutions, these hopes, these promises, these commitments, you start things. And, and I was excited. And then I got a call that one of my friends is dying. And I go in and I see him and, and, and I'm watching one of my heroes in the faith, one of my elders, and, and he literally is holding my hand and he says, we didn't get to finish. And I'm like, but that's okay. You finished well. And whatever you didn't finish will help finish. And it's the last words. And, and then you're processing and then you, you give this message uh, on dust and how we ask the question, can we trust God with the mess? Because here's the deal. We all have messes, amen? You, if you didn't say amen, I'll just help you with some messes, okay? Right, we, we have the Texas crisis right now. We have what's going down. And, and again, there's a, there's a whole bunch of opinions on what that crisis is. But may we not forget that there are people in the midst of it. We have the crisis of a political election, which again, all this policy, and you can have lots of opinions on how it should be and what you think should happen, but may you never forget that there's people that are going to be affected in the middle of it. We have the the Palestine and Israel conflict and you can have all the strong opinions you want. But what does God say about children and those who are hurting and those who are crying out for help? You you, you can go on. You can go on. Maybe you don't have to go very far. Maybe, Maybe you just have something not healthy in your life. Maybe you have a job that just is not working out or or you just got laid off or you're stepping into unknown or you're just scraping by. Inflation is killing you. Maybe you just have a relationship that you're fighting for and you think you're the only one fighting for it. Maybe you have a prodigal son or daughter or maybe a prodigal parent or brother or sister that you've been begging God to intervene with and it's the cry of your heart it's it's the, the 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 main part of your prayer life is praying for him or her to come home and i just want to give you these words from one of my favorite authors it's an invitation to a perspective that i don't think we get to very often i put it on the screen for you image and dust to be made in the image of God means that we are rife with potential. We have the divine capacity in our DNA. We are like God. We were created to image his behavior, to rule like he does, to gather up the raw materials of our planet and to reshape them into a world for human beings to flourish and fly, thrive. Yes. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we can change anything and everything. We can create because of who God says we are. But that's only half the story. We are also made from dirt, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We are the original biodegradable containers, which means we are born with limitations. We are not God. We're mortal, not immortal. We're finite, not infinite. We are image and dust. See, the human condition is is a beautiful condition because we're the only thing in the creator that God scooped up and he put his breath in. The, The breath that fills your lungs is literally the breath of God. His life blood flows through us. But what it was, was an invitation into managing the tension that we are ashes to ashes, dust to dust, yet we have the potential to change everything that what we put our hand to matters. But we have to check our grip because at the end, we're not in control. I have gotten to this point in my life and I think it's a healthy place. I just started carrying dust. It's my emergency dust. And maybe you need some emergency dust, too. But what is emergency dust? Maybe when you're in that moment with your family where it's perfect, the the kids are behaving, and it's not just like, like the iPads that are doing it. It's actually you're having a moment with them, and everyone's connected. You shared a great meal. It was good food. Everything was perfect. There's, a, there's maybe a flicker of a candle and you're having this deep conversation and you're like, this, this is life. This is good. I would ask that you get some emergency dust. Sorry, facilities team. And just sprinkle some dust into it. Why would I do that, pastor? Well, because sometimes we have to remember that as much as we love that moment, It's a fleeting moment. It's a moment that, if we're honest, is going to be very impossible to ever recreate again. And so we need to remind ourselves that we need to take everything from it and cherish it. Let's be honest, this service right here is a moment where we need to just pour out some emergency dust. Because if you're here in this room right now, the chances of me getting you here, this same crowd, these same people, next week, it's easier for a camel to fit through an eye of a needle. This is a moment that could never be recreated. Maybe you're the person who you're going through hell right now and you're sitting here going, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. You're crying out, you're begging, your prayer is filled with, I just need sleep or I just need this person to go away or somewhere in between. Pull out your emergency dust and remind yourself that this moment is fleeting as well. Scripture tells us that there is a season and a time for everything, that our mere mortals live in the reality that we are ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that any moment we're in could change in the next And we serve a God who has more potential in his pinky than we do in the whole of our life and the whole of the human condition. That he has the capacity to change anything at any time at his will, not ours. So we get an invitation to live in the tension that we are dust. Maybe you should get some emergency dust. In fact, that's why I refuse to... uh, vacuum because I don't want to vacuum up my friends. Some of you are offended right now. But let's be honest, right, How, how funny is it, how ironic is it that we work so hard to keep our houses clean, our homes in order, yet the very thing that we work so hard to get rid of is the very thing that reminds us of our humanity that this moment might be our only moment. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We're not in control. Welcome to the tension. My hope and my prayer for you is that that doesn't cause you to have fear because you know the one who holds it all together. My absolute hope for you is that you do not ignore. You do not pretend that you have some semblance of control over what happens next. And you recognize these moments for what they are. But my ultimate hope, because I can have more than one hope for you, I want you to know that, is that you long to be at home the savior of the universe who will someday when he calls you home and he enters into his sweet embrace and I love that song when he shows you his scars it's it's hard I'm I'm checking my phone all morning because I'm waiting for the text that says that my assistant is home there's an odd conversation this past week when I went and saw her and I and talking to her and she's all there and she's faced with her mortality it's it's like there and I look at her and I go "Are, are you ready which talk about a wild question person who has mere days and you're asking them are you ready but what was profound to me was her response when she says yes I don't want to leave but I'm ready to go home. Then she says something funny. Her friend is kind of asking her questions, trying to get her to process things. And she shared that her dream was to sing on the stage one last time. And and her friends are the best. Her friend starts laughing at her. And she's like, you silly person. I'm like, what? She's like, Vonda... Do you not realize that you are about to audition for the greatest choir in the history of the world and you want one last time on the small stage? You're about to perform on the greatest stage the world will ever know. Dream bigger. You're going to sing before God in a mere daze. It's perspective, isn't it? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Would you stand as we pray? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that we are mere mortals. But because of your Holy Spirit and the power that you have given us, God, we are capable of the immeasurably more that we could ever understand. And so, Father, as we navigate our messes, as we navigate our lives, I pray that we would be reminded of the moments that really matter. That when we see dust, we would reflect on our humanity, but not in fear, not in doubt, but in confidence that this moment is special and I'm gonna cherish it because I can never get it back. Father, thank you that you are a God who takes our graves and Father, you spring forth gardens that you create legacies out of our life because of our obedience and who we surrender to and who we follow. So God, I pray that we continue to trust you with our humanity, to long to be home in your house, in our new bodies. But until you call us, Father, may we work hard for your kingdom. May we show up to heaven exhausted and out of breath because of the heaven we're bringing here and how we act, how we talk, and how we make the moments matter. So Father, we give you this day, this time, this hour, this moment for your glory and your kingdom, we pray.